Well, if you're ready to get into the Word this morning, shout praise God. Praise God. Go with me to the book of Judges. Let's go to the sixth chapter. Again, so glad to see you here this morning. All you men, remember our fellowship is this coming Saturday. We're just going to have a great time in the Lord. Don't miss it. We've got a great breakfast for you. Got a lot of good things lined up for you, so you'll want to be here 8 o'clock at the firehouse this coming Saturday. Praise God. Judges, the sixth chapter, the 22nd verse. <clears throat> we're dealing with the man Gideon. And we're seeing here he is a man who has a, uh, an ungodly background. His family is, they're, they're paganistic, they worship idols. And we're going to see later on that he's actually going to be told by God to tear down his dad's idol. And his altar is going to be told to tear down all that stuff. But right now we're seeing that Gideon, who was raised up in a family, that didn't serve God. They just, they just kind of served things, served gods of the land. And how God has chosen him and picked him out of all the people in Israel to be a leader. But we see that he is struggling to believe. And I can understand this because of the background that he has. A lot of people today, they have, they have difficult backgrounds. And when they come to God, some people don't even have a father. And then we, we tell them that God is their father and God loves them. And they struggle with that because they don't have an example in their life. They don't know what it means to be loved by a father. And so they're, they're, they're struggling with the fact that they're loved by God, loved by God. A lot of people are struggling with the fact that God loves them. They, they have that, that difficult time to believe that God really does care for them and really does love them. People will come to the house of God many times to hear that God loves them, but when they hear it, they still struggle with it. They're having a hard time believing that God really cares. God really does have their, uh, their issue, their need, their life in his heart. They really struggle with this. And we're going to take Gideon as an example to help us to get through this struggle, to get through the, the, the muddiness of life and the unbelief and all those things that hinder us from being what God wants us to be. See, God wants us to live the abundant life. This is what God wants us to live. Now, understand this. The abundant life was what God gave to Adam and Eve. When he put them in the garden, they lived the abundant life. They had everything they needed. They were blessed. They just, um, just, it was just, just a great, wonderful life. It was an abundant life. But that abundant life was cut off when they sinned against God. Now they had what you call life. So everybody on the planet has life. Every living creature, whether it be in the water, whether it be in the air, or whether it be on land, has life. But only those who have been restored by Jesus Christ, and that's, that's the purpose of Calvary. He came and he died on Calvary so that you and I could have a choice to receive abundant life. For abundant life begins at Calvary. It begins when we repent of our sins. Repentance is the password. The only way you can get into abundant life, which is actually the kingdom of God, get into the, the kingdom that God has created us to live in, is by repentance. Repentance means I change my mind. I change my attitude. I change the way I conduct my life. I, it's a, that's what repentance means. I change. I was going in that direction. 
Now I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to change who I am. I'm going to change the way I think. And it all comes at the point of repentance. Now, understand this. Abundant life is not eternal life. Eternal life is promised to everyone that lives in the abundant life. The abundant life is now. Eternal life is in the future. It's after the abundant life. The abundant life is not in the future. The abundant life is now. Some people say, well, I'm going to live in the abundant. No, no, that's eternal life. Understand that there are two lives here for us. You can live in the abundant life, and then when you pass from this life into eternal life. See, Jesus, he used the, the present tense when he said, the enemy or the thief, the devil, he comes not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. Now notice this is present tense. It's not when you die. It's not after you leave this life. It's right now. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he stays in present tense. He said, but I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more. Might have it what? More abundantly. Yeah, abundant life. So he wants you to know that abundant life, which is over-the-top life, it is a supernatural life. It is a life of abundance. It is a life that only comes from God. I've been listening lately to the, to the news about different ones who, who were born in my era, in the 40s, how they're passing away. They're just, they're, they're dying. And some of them are younger than me, like two or three years younger than me, and they're passing away. <clears throat> they're being recognized as great songwriters, great um, uh, uh, actors, uh, great singers. And I thought, well, they, that, that was their life. But they did not live the abundant life. Many of them would tell you right now, if they could exchange with you right now, they would say, you can take my life and you give me your abundant life. They would exchange with you right now. If Many of them would say this to you. I didn't enjoy my life. Even though I was popular, though I had a lot of money, though I had a lot of things, I would exchange my life for your abundant life. Let's do the exchange. Because now they see they missed the abundance that God has for their life. They missed it. It's not in fortune. It's not in fame. But it's the wholeness of life. It's the completeness of life. It's the entirety of life. It is everything that God wants you to have in this life. Can you say amen? Now, let's take a look at Gideon here. In the sixth chapter of the 22nd verse, says it like this, and when Gideon perceived that he was, he was an angel of the Lord, this is where we're picking up, remember, God has been talking to him. Gideon said, alas, in other words, it's, it's an expression of, oh my, oh Lord God, for because I have seen an angel of the Lord face to face. So the, the superstition was in those days that if you saw God or an angel, you were going to die. In fact, that's still a superstition today. But you will never find in the word of God where anybody who saw God face to face died. It's just a superstition. That's all it is. Somebody made it up. That if you see God, you will melt or you will die. No, 
Check it out. Moses didn't melt, okay? He was in the presence of God for 40 days, 40 nights, okay, as God gave to him the, the law. Check it out. Elijah was in the presence of God. He didn't melt. He didn't die. It was superstition. That's all it was. It was superstition. And, and Gideon had picked up this superstition. And the Lord said unto him, Peace be unto thee, fear not, thou shalt not die. This is what he's referring to. You're not going to die. The worst thing that ever happened to you is what? Death. That's what we fear the most. It's death. Now watch this. He said, then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord, and he called it Jehovah Shalom. Until this day it is yet in Oprah of the Abbey's rites. Now, of course, we see Gideon, he's struggling. He's struggling with what God has spoken to him. The problem is this, saints, he has taken his focus off of God, and I want to emphasize this this morning, and this is my emphasis. I want you to focus in on God and stop turning your focus inward. Get your focus off yourself. Here's your problem. This is how you lose your abundant life. This is how you lose your purpose in life. You put your focus on yourself. Stop looking at yourself. Stop putting yourself first. Stop thinking about yourself and start focusing in on God. And this is what Gideon is doing. Gideon has been in the very presence of God. He has seen God face to face. He has heard God's voice right there. He has seen what God can do. He has given a sacrifice to God. God says, put it on a rock and God consumes it with fire. Fire comes up out of the rock and consumes his sacrifice. Gideon has seen it all. But does he believe? No. Which proves, church, that salvation does not come by miracles. It doesn't come by what you see. It doesn't come by what you feel. Well, I just felt the Lord this morning and I just repent. No, it doesn't come by, it doesn't come that way. It comes totally by grace. With your faith in God. That's the only way you can be saved. It's by God's grace. If it's by your works, if it's by what you have seen, then you will boast. I saw this miracle. I, I felt this. I felt this. No, it has nothing to do with that. Nowhere in the word of God will you find that you were saved because you feel like you're saved. You know, many times what we do as children of God, we, we base our relationship with God on how we're feeling today. You know, today I just don't feel good, so God must not just really love me today. Stop it. Get your focus off yourself and keep your focus on God. God loves you just as much yesterday as he loves you today. His God's love for you has not changed. Can you say amen? So don't base your relationship with God or your salvation on how you feel or what you see or in your sensations. Here's Gideon's problem. He has seen so much. He has seen more than you and I would ever see. All of us combined together. And he still is having a problem with believing. He's struggling to believe. And what happens is fear grips his heart. And this is what happens when you start turning your focus inwardly. You get fearful. You're fearful for your life. You're fearful. Uh, you lose your confidence in God. You lose your confidence. You read the word of God, but it doesn't make any, make any heads or tails to you. It doesn't make any sense to you. Yeah, I read it, but it doesn't, it do, it doesn't penetrate because you're focused inwardly. Instead of focused on the word of God. Instead of focused on who loves you, who cares for you. You focus in on God. Can you say amen? Now, I know you remember the story of Peter. 
What a man he was. Sometimes he amazes me and sometimes he kind of baffles me at, at the way he responds to the Lord and the way he just responds in life. But I want you to know something. Peter is the only other person in the world, in history, that ever did what he did. And that is, he walked on water. No one before him has ever walked on water, and no one since has ever walked on water. No one. Not even a duck. Can't do it. They can float, but they can't walk on it. How did Peter walk on the water? He got his focus in on Jesus, and the storm was raging. The water was violent. It was terrible. But he got his focus in on Jesus. And I want you to understand something, saints. The life around you may be violent. Things around you may be terrible. But keep your focus on Jesus, and you'll do what is impossible. Peter started walking on water as long as he kept his focus on Jesus. But the minute he turned his focus inwardly and said, I'm not supposed to be doing this. This is not natural. And he began to look at the storm around him and the violent waves and said, what am I doing? And he began to sink. He began to go under. You see... The Word of God tells us that we are to keep our focus on Jesus. I don't care what the movement is. I don't care what is going on around you. You've got to keep your focus on Jesus. I don't care what the news says. I don't care what Dow Jones is doing. I, I don't care what is going on in the economy. It doesn't matter. You've got to keep your focus on Jesus. Are you listening to me? You focus in on the things of the world and it'll consume you. Fear will grip your heart. You turn your focus inwardly and you become consumed by fear and the things that are going on in the world, like the Apostle Peter, like Gideon. Now, give us our first PowerPoint. I want you to read this with me. Ready, read. What you focus on is what you give strength and life to. Read it again. What you focus on, what are you focusing in on? You're focusing in on, the, on your pain, you're giving life, you're giving strength to it. Are you focusing in on God's word? You're giving life and strength to it in your life. You listening to me this morning if you are saying amen. So what you focus in on is what you give strength and life to. Are you focusing in on your problems? You're giving strength and life to it. Strength and life to it. But if you focus in on the Lord, you'll find you give strength and life to yourself. Now, you can't have two focuses. Some people say, well, I'm going to focus here, and I'm going to focus on this. No, no, you can't do that. You have to focus like a laser. you got to streamline your focus. You get confused if you start putting your focus over here and over there. Well, I'm going to focus on God and focus on you can't do that. You got to focus in on God. Only one focus is allowed. Give your total focus to God. You see, 
You know, a lion, I don't know if you've watched any of these documentaries on lions, but I've observed one thing about a lion. The reason he catches his prey, and I've watched the lion, he'll, he'll be crouched and he'll observe this, this herd of cattle. There may be two or 3,000 of them, but he'll focus in on one. And you watch this lion. He will not move his foot. He won't move. He focuses in on that one, and when he starts moving toward it, the herd starts swirling. But somehow, someway, that lion keeps his focus on that one. And he'll move through that herd. He won't touch anyone else. But he'll keep moving until he comes to the one that he has focused in on. And he takes him down. You see, if you're focusing in on money, you'll find that you'll be very troubled. But if you're focusing on God, listen to me this morning. Are you listening? If you are, say amen. God will give the money to you. If you're focusing in on abundant life, you're going to have a lot of problems. You're going to be like Ponce de Leon, who went looking for it, said, I'm going to find it. It's out here. I know it's out here. It's out here. I'm going to find it. And he never did. He was looking for the abundant life, but it was not available. You have to focus in on Jesus and the abundant life will come to you. Are you listening to me this morning? It'll come to you. What you focus on is what you give strength and what you give life to. Focus in on Jesus. Now, Gideon, we see, obviously, he's confused. It's conducive to his negative environment, his backslidden home, his, the idolatrous nation. And his experience with God is proving that his faith in God does not come by seeing or by feeling. So Gideon thinks he's going to die. He thinks he's going to die, and he's struggling to believe in God. But I ask you this question. How can Gideon die when God has promised to him that he is going to be a great leader? God has said to him, I have chosen you to bring all the people together to be as one man to fight against the Midianites. And you are going to destroy them. I'm going to use you, Gideon. And Gideon has heard this from God directly. But he's struggling with it. He has a hard time believing that God has chosen him. But listen, if God says, if God has called you, if God has made a promise to you, God has to follow through. I don't care what the devil says. I don't care what your mind says. I don't care what your feelings say. If God says, I have called you, I have chosen you, I have appointed you, I have a work for you, it has to be fulfilled. Or that makes God a liar. And we just as well take this book and throw it away and bring out Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and talk about them. It'd be just as worthwhile. Because 
we would be listening to a liar. We would be paying homage to the untruth. So every word that God says is the absolute truth. Somebody say amen. Would somebody lift both of their hands right now to God and just worship him? I want somebody just to worship God right now. Somebody glorify God. Somebody magnify God. Somebody exalt God. Would somebody just lift him up and exalt him? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel God in the house, saints. I feel God in the house, saints. I feel God in the house, saints. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. I feel Jesus in the house. I feel Jesus. I feel Jesus in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I love you. Hallelujah. Go on and praise him, church. Go on and praise him. Hallelujah. This is the time to praise him. This is the time to love him. This is the time to magnify him. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We exalt you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Somebody say, praise God. Praise God. Go back to that 23rd verse. 23rd verse, I want you to read it with me. This is, Gideon, this is uh, Judges 6, 23. Let's read. And the Lord said unto him, peace be unto thee. Fear not. Thou shalt what? You're not going to die. You're not going to die. Devil come to you and say, you're going to die. No, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't believe that baloney. Don't believe that numbskull. He's a liar. Don't let him influence you. Don't let him cause you to focus in on what he's saying. Don't focus in on his foul mouth. Don't focus in on his untruth. Focus in on the absolute truth. The word of God. You're not going to die. You're not going to die. I've got a job for you. I've I've got a purpose for you. You weren't born by accident. I've got a position for you. Now, we see here that in the 24th verse, he says, and then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord. What did Gideon build? An altar. And he called it Jehovah Shalom. And he called it Jehovah Shalom. Give us our next PowerPoint. The altar is called Jehovah Shalom, which means the eternal Lord of our peace. Now, what is so important about an altar? An altar is a place where you offer yourself to God. An altar is a place where you bow and worship God. An altar is a place where you come and repent and say, Lord, I repent of my stubbornness, I repent of my disobedience, I repent of my sin, I repent, I repent, whatever it is. And an altar is a place that is made special where you make contact with God. I remember years ago, back in the 40s and 50s and 60s, we used to have altars, old wooden altars. Someone would volunteer to make one, they'd take some wood and they'd build an altar. Sometimes you would have two of them, one on this side and one on this side. And it'd be stained with tears and snot and everything else. You just see it. Because when people would come to church, they, many times what they would do, they would come and hit the altar. They'd just come and fall into the altar. And there they would stay and just weep. You could hear them weeping. 
before the Lord. You could tell their hearts were being touched. I can see this with Gideon. He's built this altar before God because he knows this is, this is important to his relationship with God. He knows he needs this altar. He knows he needs a place where he can make peace with God, where he can get his act together, where he can get his mind settled down, where he can get rid of the fear. You know, many times in the altar, I, I can remember hearing preachers say, if you have to, ride the altar to heaven. If you got to stay on the altar, stay on the altar. If, you, if that's what it takes to get to heaven. And I see people do that, man. They'd hang out on that altar. Man, they would, they would hold on to the altar. They would pray. They'd cling to the altar. They'd pray. Some people would stay in the altar even when the service would begin. We'd start worshiping and praising God, and people would still be in the altar praying. And then when there was an altar call made, people would come down and just fall in the altar. Some would prostrate themselves on the floor. People had a heart for God. They had a desire to serve God. They, they wanted to be in that place that to them was so special, so valuable, a place where they could get in touch with God. It was, it was, it was special to them, special to them. They would find peace with God. You know, he, Gideon, he names the altar here Jehovah Shalom, which means the eternal Lord of our peace. God gives peace. It comes from him. And what I say to you is, don't chase after peace. Chase after God, and he'll give you peace. Amen? You chase after God, and God will give to you. People are chasing after things, and they're frustrated with life. They're discouraged. They're confused. But you chase after God. I remember when I got saved. I was thinking about it this week as I was studying for this morning. I was thinking about when I got saved. The, one of the things that I did was I did everything in my power and in my ability to chase after God. And I, I can remember talking to God all the time when I was going to work, when I was at work, when I was coming home from work, when I was in church and going to school, in school, I can remember, I can remember just talking to God. God was my favorite buddy. But I remember I stopped chasing after the things that I chased after before I got saved. And I said, Lord, I need you to help me change my mind because that's what repentance is. Repentance is changing our mind. My mind no longer wants what it used to want. And now my mind is changed toward wanting what is right. And so I begin to say, God, I chase after you. And I changed my mind about church because before I got saved, church had no value to, it, to me. No value whatsoever. I didn't care about church. But I changed my mind about church and it became the most valuable place for me to go. I hungered to go to God's house. I remember I changed my mind about where I would sit. Because before when I would go to church, I would always sit close to the door. Always. Because I wanted a fast escape. But after I got saved, I changed my mind and I would always sit as close as I could to the preacher. 
because I wanted to focus. Because I remember when I was sitting in the back, I'd watch everybody and say, yeah, they're not, they're really not in tune with God. I'd look around and I would just, I'd, I'd nitpick people, you know, looking around and, and just, just uh, judging people. I know I was the only one that does that. No one else does that. I know that. I know that I'm the only guilty one there. But I said, Lord, I'm going to focus in on the preacher, and I don't care what everybody else does. If they have a relationship with you, great. I said, but I'm tuning into you. And I would focus in, and I would, I would literally, I changed my mind about the way I would sit. I, I would sit on the edge of my seat. Because I knew if I sat back, I'd kind of relax and kind of like fade out. So I, I focused. I focused. And every word that came out of that preacher's mouth, I received it. There wasn't one word. Whether he was right or wrong, I, I, I'm sure he was right, but I just... I absorbed every word he said, and I'd listen to everything he said. I changed my mind about what my eyes would see. I changed my mind about what my ears would hear. I changed my mind about what would go in my mouth. And I changed my mind about what would come out of my mouth. I changed my mind about what my hands would touch now. I changed my mind about where my feet would take me. I changed my mind about who I would hang out with. I changed my mind. And I said, Lord, I'm focusing in on you. I'm going to do everything within my power, within my ability to draw close to you and to love you. And let me tell you something, saints. The abundant life that we are focusing in on this year just jumped on me. Jumped on me. I couldn't do anything wrong. My first job working at a newspaper factory. They're in Fairfield, California. Man, I got busted and promoted there. And back in the day when people would smoke, sitting there doing the typing for the, it was, it was a hot lead type. They'd type it. They'd be smoking away. The room would be filled with smoke. And I'd be just singing about Jesus, talking about Jesus. Some of the people would tell me to shut up. I'd sing louder. I said, if you can smoke, I can sing. If you, can, if you can tell your filthy jokes, I can talk about Jesus. For one year, I worked in that newspaper. The Lord says, you pass the test, son, I'm promoting you. He took me out of there and put me in a bigger and a better place. I got a big promotion. Next thing you know, I'm going to school. And God, I couldn't do anything wrong. Everything, God was just blessing me. Money was coming. It was just coming to me. I wasn't pursuing money. I wasn't chasing after money. I wasn't chasing after abundant life. I was pursuing God. I wanted God. I said, I want more of God. We had service Tuesday night, Thursday night, sometimes Friday night, and Sunday twice. And I told my boss, I said, I will be at every service. I will not miss a service. I said, I'll work for you. I love my job. I love you. And I, I love what, what God is doing here. But I'm committed to my church. I'm committed to my Lord. Because it's at my church where I show my love for my God. It's at my church where I give my best to my God. I'd give it to you here at work, but you guys complain. But I can do it in the house of the Lord and nobody cares. Hallelujah. I can worship God. I can be as loud as I want to. I can be as boisterous as I want to. And everybody loves it. Praise God. Amen. Pursue God. And the struggle that you have to believe. Some of you are struggling with belief this morning. You're struggling with, I don't know if God can heal me or not. 
you're struggling with, I don't know if God can. Stop it. Stop it. Stop. Get your focus off of yourself. Get your focus off of all of your negativity. Get your focus off yourself and get your focus where it belongs. Get your focus on God and I guarantee you the abundant life will come upon you. Now the abundant life covers everything. It covers you spiritually. It covers you physically. Health-wise, it covers you mentally, health-wise. You don't have to worry about Alzheimer's or dementia and all the other goofy stuff that they're coming up with about the mind. The abundant life feeds the mind. The abundant life feeds the body. It's the whole pie. It's not just a sliver, it's the whole pie. That's the abundant life. It'll bless you and increase you socially. Socially. It will increase you and strengthen you and bless you financially. I'm telling you, it'll bless you. You will be blessed financially if you'll stop pursuing life and start pursuing God. You'll live the abundant life. I guarantee you, I promise it to you. It's in writing, it's right here. It's in writing. Yeah. The underwriter is God. Can't go wrong. He said, you pursue me and you pursue the abundant life. You will receive the abundant life. So many people are losing today. So many people are frustrated right now. People say, well, we don't know what's gonna happen in the economy now. Look at the price of oil is going down. I like it, praise God. Hey, keep it going down. Keep it going down. Praise God. I like it. I like the prices coming down at the pump. It's cool, amen? Am I the only one who likes that? Wall Street is shaking. People don't know what's going on in China. Listen, saints. The Word of God, if you read the Word of God, you see all of this stuff is prophesied. All this stuff has to happen. God saw everything that was going to happen right in here and he wrote it down. It's all in here. So you don't have to get frustrated. You don't have to get fearful. It's all in here. God knows about everything before everything happens. Amen? Keep your focus in on God. You know, you've heard the story about the, uh, the goose that laid the golden eggs. Let me ask you, what would you want? Would you want a golden egg or would you want the goose? Why? Why do you want the goose? You <laughs> a limited amount of golden eggs. There you go, she's smart. Yeah, you get the goose. You get the goose, yeah. But some people, they want the golden egg and that's the end of it. It's, all, it's over, it's finished, finale. Pursue God because his supply is endless. He will supply all of your needs according to his riches. How rich is he? Is he richer than Trump? Is he richer than our national debt? How rich is God? Is he richer than the diamond mines in Africa? Is he richer than a cattle on a million hills? How rich is God? 
unlimited. So why would you want the golden egg when you can pursue God and you can get an unlimited supply from God? You know, people say, well, I trust in God. Do you really? Do you really? Do you really? When trouble comes your way, what do you do? Who do you pursue? Who do you look for? When the Word of God says, when Jesus said, when God said, you are to trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's the whole heart. That's exactly what he meant. That's exactly what he meant. You are to love the Lord your God with some of your heart, a piece of your heart. You are to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. He could have said some, little, 50%. No, he said all. That means you're pursuing him. You're pursuing him. You're pursuing him. Therefore, he pours out upon you the abundant life. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. I know because the Word of God is the absolute truth, and I know because of personal experience, I know the abundant life is real. I know when I talk to people about it, their eyes glaze over and they go, yeah, I believe that, Pastor. Yeah, that, yeah that, that's, that's the truth. I think, man, you're missing it. You have no idea. You have no idea. You have no idea. The abundant life is yours. The abundant life is yours. Stop struggling to believe and put your focus on God. Be like the lion. Focus, focus. And don't let the mad movement of the crowd distract you. Keep your focus. Keep your focus, and God will bless you. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what you've experienced. I don't care who's threatening you. I don't care who's bullying you. Keep your focus in on God, and God will take care of you. Can you say amen? This is the This is my day.